Yeah. Yeah. Joy in the house tonight. Okay, it's uh, 6.30. Oh, we're live? Yeah. Oh, well. Don't miss Alan? Yes, sir. Did you hear it? We're live. We're live? Yeah. Do you have your son? Yeah.
Yes, Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we are here tonight to worship you and to praise you and to lift up your holy name, Father. Lord, we thank you that you minister to each and every heart that's here. But, Father God, for all those that may be watching or listening at a later date, Father, that the Spirit of the Lord would minister the, the need at that time. Because what they may need next week, they may not be needing tonight. But, Father, Father we thank you that you're never just for today. You're always for tomorrow as well. And so, Father, we thank you tonight that we will be uh, blessed with your word, that we will be lifted up, and that your word will bring truth and life to each and every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I know whom I have believed. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me He had made no more Christ in love me before His own I know whom I and am persuaded that He us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying it. When the flesh don't believe it, I'm going to keep saying it because he is always with me and will never leave me nor forsake me. Never pass away. All right, let's sing Amazing Grace and let's do do the offering first.
shield and portion be as long as life endures he's going to give us the grace to deal with every situation that comes our way even though the flesh is weak he's going to give us the grace to deal with it I'll quit preaching and let you preach say. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the throne of God. We want to thank God this evening. John King is getting ready to bring the word to us, and we are desperate for the word. We need the word to speak to us. We want to thank everybody, Facebook family, sermon audio friends. Don't when was the last time that you were able to be a part of the blood covenant or what we call the Lord's Supper. This coming Wednesday, we're going to be doing the Lord's Supper. We do it every second Wednesday of the month, and we'd like to invite you to come. To those women that are listening this evening, when's the last time you got together with women and you communed before the very throne of God and out of your belly flowed rivers of living water and out of your heart flowed songs of joy? They are going to be here this coming Wednesday at 11 a.m. It'll be in the church, uh, what do we call it, conference room. 
It's going to be in the church conference room, and you're invited to come and be a part of that. So if Sermon Audio family, you're saying, well, I don't have anybody to be with too very much to worship, then you can come and be part of the Blood Covenant this Wednesday night. And you can claim some things. It doesn't seem like we really claim things anymore. And um, then if you're saying, I really want to be with people that are filled with joy and hope, then women, you can come and be part of that. And there are other things that we'll have going on here that we'll be celebrating this week. I'd like to introduce Brother John King. Well, actually, it's not brother, it's Dr. John King. He's going to come and bring us before the throne of God, and he's going to tell us it's time to rip off all the things that you've used to hide your broken heart and open it up so that the love of God can begin to move mightily in who you are. So let's thank God for Brother, for Dr. John King, and let's clap our hands and thank God for him this evening. Thank you for letting me make a few announcements. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking, what will I preach about today? And I thought, Valentine's Day is coming up, yeah. And we're gonna be talking about love. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that there's there's many names for love, you know, you know, and, and out of the Bible. This kind of love we're going to talk about, we're talking about Jesus' love. Amen. I'm reading from uh, St. John, the uh, 13th chapter, wow. beginning with the first verse, and see what Jesus says about love. Amen, brother. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them his full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all these things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, you going to wash my feet? <coughs> Jesus replied, You do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you'll have no part with me. Thank you, Jesus. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Wow. Jesus answered, A person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you in an example that you should do as I have done for you. And I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I am not referring to all of you, and I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill the scriptures. He who shares my bread has lifted up his heel against me. And I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. I tell you the truth. Whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he said this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which one of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. St. Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him, ask him which one he means. And leaning back against Jesus, he said, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. And then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What are you about to do? Do quickly, Jesus told him. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Jesus had charge of the mo- Judas had charge of the money. Some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out. It was night. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Keeps my sermon from the rain. Yeah. In one of the Peanuts cartoons, a little girl calls Charlie Brown on the telephone. Marcy and I are about to leave for camp, Chuck. We're going to swim for swimming instructions. Marcy takes the phone and adds, We just called to say goodbye, Charles. We're going to miss you. We love you. The perennial loser Charlie Brown stands by the phone with a grin on his face. 
And one little friend says, who is that? Charles answers, I think it was the right number. <laughs> Jesus was speaking to his church. I, com I command you to love one another. Love was the mark of Christianity in the first two centuries. Tertullian, a father of the church, summed it up like this. Look how they love one another. Would the casual observer say the same thing about Liberty Church today? Look how they, Liberty loves one another. Would it be possible for a hungry soul to come into our fellowship and leave feeling that no one loves him? Is that possible? How well do we in Trinity measure up to this commandment from Christ? Love, you see, has an awesome power. Dr. Carl Menninger, the well-known psychiatrist, he claimed that the most tragic word in the society today is the word unloved. Wow. Love cures people, he said, both the ones that give it and those that receive it. Carl Menninger said, this is right. Love cures. Love heals people. Love heals hurting bodies. Scientific research is now confirming what many of us have suspected all along. Love can heal a hurting body. Amen. Interesting story I read the other day about, a, about a, a veterinarian. He had a little puppy with a sore leg. And that puppy was just full of fun and just, just having a great time and wagging its tail and loving everybody and everybody loved him. He said, let's try, let's try something. We can't seem to get his leg cured. Let's try something. Don't pay any attention to him for about a week. Wow. Don't pet him. Don't look at him. You feed him. Leave him alone. Well, that little puppy began to pout. And, and just go and lay down by himself. He, he was, uh, he was, his leg was not, not healed. And then... <clears throat> The doctor then instructed everyone to lavish love on that tiny creature. And soon the little puppy was frisky and energetic again, and believe it or not, his leg began to heal. No one knows the healing streams that lie within the human body, which may be activated by the power of love. I love poetry. <laughs> the thing is, uh, Elizabeth uh, Barrett was very sick, or she thought she was. And uh, she, uh, uh, for many years, unable, she couldn't even lift up her head. And one day she was visited by a man by the name of Robert Browning. Wow. A true story. In just one visit, it gave her so much joy and happiness that she lifted up her head. Wow. On his second visit, she sat up in bed. On the third visit, they eloped. <laughs> That's true. That's, that happened. That's a true story. 
Love heals the body. It's no wonder people were healed by coming in contact with Jesus. Jesus, love incarnate. And that is what he calls his church to be today. Love made flesh. Love can heal the body. Love can also heal the heart. A pastor asked his congregation if they knew anyone who was suffering. A little girl raised her her hand and said, My daddy's suffering, but he won't tell anybody. And the daddy was embarrassed and said, You stop hugging me. You're hugging me to death. She said, No, daddy, I'm hugging you to life. That's what many people need more than anything else. They need someone to hug them to life. We live in a fragmented, alienated society. People desperately need to know somebody cares. A study was done by a government commission on a chronic poverty in Appalachia. Before conducting the study, the members of the commission assumed that poverty was linked to environment and lack of education. These are important factors, of course, but uh, but the members of that communion made some discoveries that they did not expect. For example, on occasion they would journey up a creek beyond the so-called civilization. There they would run across a house and family that was falling apart. There's no surprise there, that's, that's what they expected, families falling apart. Yet the father, further up the creek they went, they would find a home that was well kept, a family that was well industrious, but what was the difference? It could not be isolation or lack of education for the families were, were nearly identical in such things. Rather, the family that was doing well almost always had a relative nearby or a neighbor. There are things that I was fortunate enough to know before they were invented. I mean, before they became invented. I knew about love. I found out. You know what's missing? Think about this. One of the most important things is gone from our society. It's called the front porch. You know what we did in the front porch? We sat out there in the the evenings, said hi to our neighbors. The kids played out in the yard, you know. We knew, I remember when when a, a little boy named Butler was killed on Iwo Jima. Everybody was just devastated to get that news. I was just a little kid when that happened, but I remember it very much. We, we, we didn't, we no longer have a front porch. We go inside. We have now called air conditioning. We used to have the windows up. We call it air conditioning. We're closed off. We don't visit anybody anymore. We got, we got television. You know, the, the kids don't even play anymore. They've got little things. They, you know what we did when we were kids? You know. We'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, go out and do our chores, come in, eat a big, eat a big breakfast, take a couple of biscuits and put in your shirt for later on, and then go to school, come home, do our chores, come in, uh, eat our dinner, and then do our homework. That's not doing, going on anymore like that. They're doing this. Sitting on their, oh, well, they're sitting down. That's a cause of a lot of unhappiness and unrest 
and uncivilized behavior in our society today. People have become isolated and estranged, not only in Appalachia, Appalachia, but in the small towns and even in our great cities, people are isolated. Perhaps we should say, especially in great cities they're isolated. The closer we live physically sometimes, the farther apart we seem to drift socially and spiritually. And that is why John Nisbet, in his best-selling book, Mega Trends, calls our age one, he says, our age is one that needs to provide both high-tech and high-touch. Wow. Nesbitt argues that with increased technology, there also must become increased literal, literal and figuratively touching of people to fulfill their human needs. We're not being touched. You see, love heals. Love heals hearts. Love heals bodies. Love heals people's emotions. Love heals, heals our spirits. Love also lifts us to a high plane of accomplishment. That was true of Elias Howe. He was a man. He was broken in health. He was poverty-stricken. And he really just wanted to give up. And he did give up. After all, why keep trying when life has knocked you down and so many times you've tried and it just keeps knocking you down? And day by day, though, he was watching his wife and she was sewing, trying to make just a few pennies so that she could buy dinner for them. He loved his wife and it hurt him to see how much and how hard she worked. Because of his love for his wife, he forgot his sick body. And he began thinking about, how can I help my wife? He went to work. Six months later, he completed his first model of a machine that would revolutionize households throughout the world. It was the first sewing machine. Wow. Howe's invention made him famous and it made him rich. It also helped restore him to health it was his love for his wife that drove him to that kind of an achievement. It was love. Sometimes it costs us a great deal. You know, love cost Christ. But he paid the price gladly and thereby he set us an example. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Love one another. Trinity, liberty, all churches, love one another. Amen. The love we share here in our church is love that we first received from Jesus. Yes. And we are still receiving His love for, her, for He is with us now. He's with us today. He's in our midst now. He's still loving us. He's still comforting us. He's still reassuring us with His presence. And in the light of Christ's love on Calvary, wouldn't it be tragic if you and I were unable to manifest that love here in liberty? How trivial are petty antagonisms and animosities and power, power plays are in the shadow of the cross. Love one another. 
What a simple commandment, and yet it carries a tremendous amount of power. Power to heal minds. Power to heal souls. Power to heal bodies. Power to lift us up to new places of accomplishment. I believe that kind of love is present in our fellowship, for the love of God is in our midst. Jesus will and has empowered us. And people will continue to say, look how those people in liberty love one another. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love lifted me. Are we going to sing Love Lifted Me? I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if Leon can dance up. Let's all stand and sing. Didn't have any rhythm to get to. We saw a dancing preacher a while ago (laughs) coming across there. Love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now say, that whosoever believeth in him. And Lord, we've gathered tonight because we want to believe. We want to come back to you. We want to give ourselves to you. You have loved us. You want to pour your love in us so that we can reach out and get a hold of somebody and say, do you know the love of God? And thank you, Father, for this message. Doctor, thank you tonight. This is a marvelous thing. I mean, there's not very many of us here. But we're here, here. and you brought a marvelous word to us. 
Amen. We're here and Jesus is here. Let's bow in prayer. Father, I want to ask your blessings upon this body of Christ. I want to ask your blessings upon all the body of Christ. Prepare us, Lord, for days ahead are getting ready to unfold and show one more time more than just your majesty in the sky, but your majesty within the body of Christ. And we're prepared and ready for it, Lord, and longing for it. So deal with us out of that vast supply of the love that you have for each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.